0: Is up. I do podcast listeners love tribe. Welcome to the show. Thank you for joining us today. I think that's the first time I said I do podcast listeners.
1: I know we usually don't. Yeah. say that.
0: And we haven't really talked about this, but no, I'm not a huge fan of the name
1: I do podcast. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's why we never say it. I guess oh, I it's, it's kind of funny. Yeah.
0: I I we started it and we came up with a name mutually. So I'm not like saying Sarah picked a bad name, but some people think I do podcasts is like, literally like I do podcasts.
1: I do them. (laughs) (laughs) We do podcasts. Pretty
0: funny. And the fact that it's tied in with marriage and we're serving people that May not be married or right, don't right. want to get married, and and so maybe you are one of those people who are like, I don't really like that name, and we're right there with you. <laughs> 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 I'm just kidding. I don't hate it, but you know, it's funny on our relate on the iTunes artwork. It says relationship advice in big bold letters. So honestly, if I was like scrolling through iTunes and found it, I think it would just be called like the relationship advice podcast.
1: Yeah. Well, maybe it's time for a rebranding.
0: Well, yeah, we we were kind of looking into, not even rebranding, but just officially changing the name. Maybe. Yeah, it's complicated. Let us know what you think. Join, go on the Love Tribe uh, Facebook group. Maybe, what, could we call it the Love Tribe podcast? We could. Maybe.
1: I feel I like, like that. that might already exist.
0: Oh, really? I don't oh, know. Sorry, Love Tribe podcast, if you exist. Otherwise, maybe that's cool because we got like this tribe. Yeah, it's all about love, you know, and and it doesn't have to be about I I doing.
1: Okay, let us know what you think. We want to <laughs> so, know.
0: So because like, we're being on.
1: indecisive. <laughs> Let's move on. <laughs> Let's move on.
0: All right. Well, thank you for tuning in to I Do Podcast. Love Tribe members out there. That's all of you listeners. We have another great episode for you guys where we welcome Scott and Bethany Palmer back on the show.
1: Yes, we had Scott and Bethany uh, over maybe two years ago, and they are also known as the money couple. And for over two decades, they've been working to save marriages as financial Planners for over twenty-five years. Uh, their mission is to reduce the divorce rate due to money by ten percent, which is a pretty phenomenal thing when you think Ambitious about it. Because, goal, yeah, because so many divorces are due to issues of money.
0: Yeah, money issues or just relationships as they get more serious. And there's a lot of underlying reasons why, and we get into it with them. We talk about the anatomy of a money argument and how to navigate that and the tools to not have those arguments all the time. I really like the monthly money huddle, just discussing your budget, your needs. What did you say?
1: (laughs) I said hut. Hut? Isn't that what you say when you're in a huddle? Yeah.
0: Oh my goodness. Yeah.
1: (laughs) We're a little delirious today. Sorry.
0: A little delirious because I think we both caught what our daughter has brought home. I know, home, we're both sick. Three-year-old.
1: All right, let's stay on topic
0: here. <laughs> no, th- people want to hear about us, right? If you don't, yeah. you know, you just press that 30-second fast forward. And that's what I do to a lot of shows. <laughs> so, you know. They might be doing it right now, and they come back, right. and I'm still talking about nothing. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, so it's funny. She started school in January. This is going out about two months from then, and I feel like she's just been sick almost nonstop from all the new germs at school and all that. Well, this, so. is, a
1: new, this is a new thing. She just started school for the first time in right. January, she's so three. now it's like – I forget. There's like a word for it when they start school and they're sick constantly for like – the first year.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, hopefully, we this will be the last of it. <laughs> the, not the benefits, but the uh, what's the opposite of benefit?
1: Mm.
0: Repercussions. There we go. <laughs> it's maybe not the opposite, but the the word I was looking for. Yeah. There. So, yeah. Um, if you've pressed 30 seconds and we're still talking about nothing, <laughs> sorry, but. You can be relieved because we're going to begin miss the show.
1: Yes. But before we start the show, we oh. have a exciting new offer for you guys. We've teamed up with Scott and Bethany to offer one of their courses as a special bonus to our course, which is Spark My Relationship. And their course is called Mastering Money Talk in Your Marriage. And so for a limited time, we're going to be offering their course as a bonus within spark my relationship so if money is a big tension for you in your relationship um, then this is just another uh, opportunity for you to work on your relationship improve your relationship um, and have access to this special bonus that will work you through improving money in your relationship. So we would love for you guys to check it out. You can go to sparkmyrelationship.com slash unlock. And with that special code, you'll have access to a discounted rate of the course just for our ID podcast listeners. And like we mentioned, for a limited time offer, you'll have uh, the bonus of mastering money talk in your marriage included in the course. So check it out. And as always... Thank you so much for listening to the show. Chase mentioned earlier, checking out the Love Tribe. If you don't know where that is, that is on Facebook. That is our private group on Facebook, Love Tribe Fam. You'll be able to uh, join it there. And thank you so much for listening. Enjoy today's episode. That's sparkmyrelationship.com slash unlock. Hey, Scott and Bethany, thank you so much for joining us back on the show.
2: Well, it's great to be here.
3: Absolutely. We are so glad to be with y'all.
0: So we like to start the show with having you tell us and our listeners why you enjoy helping people improve their relationships.
3: Well, it's very interesting because one of the statistics out there, as a matter of fact, there was recently a uh, survey done by Psychology Today, but it says that the number one cause for marital strife is money challenges. And it's not challenges with sex. It's not challenges about communicating about your kids. It's actually money differences. And so because of that statistic and because we're seeing so many marriages, unfortunately, end over money differences, and it's not always the big expenditures that are where the fights start. And I know we're going to dive into that a little bit, but this is really, we are in a mission. We are, we are passionate about stopping the money fights and the money clashes that relationships have. And we're excited to, to talk about that a little bit more today.
0: Well, we are excited to have you because I know it's going to help a lot of our listeners. And Sarah and I have definitely had this as a stress point in our relationship. And I call them the same things like these money fights. And quite frankly, at a certain point, it gets pretty tiring. You know, it feels like you're having the same fights about the same things. And there are a lot of underlying issues tied in with how we relate to money. And it's not necessarily always specifically about money. There's underlying things. So we are going to be taking notes and we want to dive in and talk about the anatomy of a money argument and how we can continue to not or not continue how we can not continue to have them because <laughs> I them. would like I would very much like to do that in our relationship. I think Sarah would agree.
1: Yes, uh, absolutely. So why do these money fights start to begin with?
2: Well, I think I think you've, a couple of things. One of the things I want to start off with saying is that money fights are actually some of the worst fights that we have in our relationships. And it's because money is so personal to us. So often, you know, why do we fight? Well, usually we fight because we're either being aggressive or we feel like we're being attacked. But nine times out of 10, it's because we feel like we're being attacked. And when it comes to money, when you feel like you're being attacked over money, it's just much more personal. So you will have people say and start fights like, man, can you just stop spending? Well, what does that do to the other person that automatically makes them defensive, defensive. Um, you know it, it's it, we have certain words that we use that will kind of tend to get under people's skin. that being one of them why can't you just save a little bit of money? why can't you just one person might say, "Why are you always so cheap so here you are you're sitting at a you're sitting at a restaurant and someone attacks you and says, "Why are you so cheap?" Um,
3: this is really interesting, so I was sitting and getting my nails done actually. And there were two friends, they were talking and they were, they were, they were actually getting pedicures. They were sitting across from each other and they were talking about their husbands. And one of the, one of the ladies said, I just can't believe Steve, every time I ask him to go to the store and I say, I want these two things, he comes back with 10 and it just ticks me off. So right there, just an everyday thing that started a fight just with them. You know, a lot of times a fight could start with one person doesn't want to spend the money for memories, let's say, maybe a, a nice vacation. And, and so the one person's going like, Pri- it's, memories are priceless. You can't spend enough money on, on memories. And the other person thinks, well, that's frivolous.
2: I've got a friend of mine and his wife is like a a huge couponer. Like she takes a coupon to everything. And he just the other night, they got (laughs) into a nicer restaurant and she cracks out a coupon. Mm -hmm. And and he got real snarky with her right in front of the server. And so in the car, they really got into it. And she's like, all I'm trying to do is save money. You should appreciate that. And he's saying, no, it's embarrassing to me. When you always have to use a coupon, especially in a nicer high-end place. And so we see this stuff with couples happen oh, all the time. Do.
3: Oh, when I just heard yesterday. So her and her husband, they go out to eat quite a bit. Um, they both happen to work and they just go out to eat a lot. Anyway, the daughter said, can I have a soda? And she's like, no, we're not going to do soda tonight. You can have water. That's fine. And her husband right there, he goes, cheap, 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 cheap. And he's totally nitpicking her (laughs) in front of everybody, in front of the kids, making her feel stupid. And he's just trying to get his point across. She's obviously doesn't listen to him. He's trying to get his point across. But when it comes to money, oftentimes we're not upfront about it. And so we do these little digs and or oftentimes they're big digs. And after a while, it just really, really wears on the relationship. It
1: really shows through everything that you're saying how we as individuals have different money personalities. And I know we've had you on the show before to talk about these different money personalities, but if you don't really understand yours or understand your partner's, it can really cause a lot of conflict in the relationship. Absolutely.
3: One of the things that we did because people were feeling ignored, disrespected, scared, confused, controlled, frustrated, they're feeling all this. And we, as a couple in terms of our our BHAG is wanting to, to reduce the divorce rate by 10%. That's actually our big uh, BHAG. But the reason we want to do, the way that we wanted to want to do that is for people to have a way and couples to have a way to understand their differences. So we developed the five money personalities so we could put a label on how we think about money. And I can understand the labels, the two money personalities that drive me. I can understand the two money personalities that d- That drives Scott. And that's the way we can really start to communicate and talk about our differences in a way that is going to bring us together instead of tear us apart. Because here's the thing usually we're attracted to our opposite, and money opposites are no different. So when you're dating, for example, one person is, let's say, Scott, lavishing gifts on me, taking me to all these new different restaurants. If I didn't like that, if I didn't want to spend the money on it, I would kind of not care at first. At first I'd be like, oh, he's so nice. He's lavishing me with all these chocolates and candy and we're going to these fun new restaurants and stuff. But then we get married and my true self would come out and my true self would say, I don't want to spend the money on this. We need to spend money in different ways. We need to. And then what happens is, is you start Welching the thing that you were most attracted to in the beginning. And it's just, there's no way to really communicate about those differences. We end up just fighting about it.
2: You know, it's interesting. A lot of times what we have found is that couples will be fighting about something and they don't even know it's the money that they're fighting about. And so it one person in a relationship might just go, oh, it just drives me crazy how he or she always has to get that $6 you know, cup of coffee on the way into work. Why can't they just take their coffee in a thermos and they're hung up on the coffee. They're not even hung. They don't even know that it's really the money aspect. That's, that's frustrating them. That's true. Grated gas in your cars. You know, do you pack your kids lunch or do you, I personally pack my kids lunch, but most of my friends, their kids just buy the hot lunch. And, and so, The decisions and the things that are kind of driving us crazy about each other, a lot of it is about money. And I don't even think most couples really understand that money is really driving that source of friction in their relationship.
3: It's kind of the underlying issue, but you try to blame the coffee or you blame the grade of gas or you blame something else. And so all of a sudden you're fighting about coffee, but really you're fighting about the differences and different perspectives that you have about money and the, the costs for it.
0: There is always an underlying issue with everything we talk about in relationships. And, and you guys are just pointing out like to be introspective, to to ask yourself, why do I care so much about the coffee? It's not that it's not important to care. I mean, and, and this is what I want to kind of get to is the thing to me that makes money kind of unique within the relationship realm is we have a certain relationship with money and there's emotions tied into it just like a lot of other things but to me money doesn't lie for lack of a better description like the the numbers are the numbers so what i we talked about last time but what i think is important is to understand our relationship with money understand your partners to communicate around it and we can dive more into that but at a certain point, if you're not setting a budget, and it might be that that coffee, that $6 coffee five days a week, like is f- money that you should be saving as a couple, like not your opinion that your partner shouldn't have that coffee, but that, you know, $30 a week, uh, every every week of the year, like that's money you could put towards maybe things that are more important and you can have, I mean, not even important, but just like paying the water bill, let's say, like if you're struggling. So how do, how do we navigate that conversation? Obviously um, depending on your budget.
3: Sure. Okay. So what we often talk about is there's two sides to money. There's the financial side. That's the financial planning. It's the budget. It's the retirement planning, tax planning, investment planning, estate planning, those things. Very, very important. And your financial house needs to be in order. If it's not in order, that in and of itself will cause fights. So there's the, the numbers side of finances very important to, to stay um, and to be in agreement on. One of the things that we often see is that there's one person in the relationship who's the kind of budget person or the the CFO, if you will, in the house. And they put together the budget, but then they insist that the other person buy into that budget when that other person had no say in it. And so when you're going to look at the numbers, A, you've got to make sure that you're doing putting the budget together together as a team and you're allowing for each others who you are because oftentimes the person who puts the budget together is the more saver security seeker kind of person and they're squelching the other person by putting this budget together and they're not again allowing for some freedom of spending in there that has to that that's one side of money if you if you have a lot of debt for example and you're trying to get out of debt that's going to override everything that's going to that's going to cause fights in and of itself if you don't get a plan and get out of it. So so you've got to get your financial house in order and you've got to get it in order as a team. So that's the one side of finances. The other side is the, what we call the money relationship. And it really doesn't matter if you're a saver, security seeker type of person, you're never going to naturally want to let go of money. I don't care if you have five million dollars in the bank. You're still not going to want to let go of your money. It doesn't matter how much. It's just that's how you're made up. You're not going to feel if your spouse says, you know what, I want to go, I don't know get my nails done or something like that. A saver, security seeker is going to probably think that's frivolous. It doesn't matter how much money is in the bank. And we see it all the time. We talk to multimillionaires and they get in arguments about little spending things that are going on inside of their relationship. So I'll just kind of reiterate that number one, you've got to have your financial house in order and you got to get it in order together. And number two, you've got to look at the money relationship side and that's where the money personalities come in. I
2: think that example of coffee is a great example. So let's say, you know, your your significant other is, you know, spending annually $1,200 in coffee, which is kind of pretty close to the example that you gave. Well, if you just look at the $1,200, you can go, holy smokes, so $1,200 could have been used in this way, in this way, in this way. However, if you were to go to the- to go to that person and say, listen, you got to stop spending so much money on your coffee every morning. That's where your fight starts. The fight starts with someone telling someone else, hey, this would be a better way to use our money, especially if in, it, a, parent voice. in, in a parent voice, especially if they, they don't see a problem with it. So your your spender and your risk taker and your flyer, they're not going to see a problem with spending that money on coffee. And so one of the things that we encourage couples to do and it is so important is to get that pendulum swung back to neutral instead of having these huge you know you can't do this and you can't do this or you shouldn't do this and you shouldn't do that it's where can we hit the compromise with this do you really need that cup of coffee five days a week probably not but how about three and so that's how you kind of start working that pendulum back to neutral because what we find is that if you've got somebody that's controlling the money in the relationship, which is driving most of the fights, the other person is going to do what they want to do anyways. They're just going to do it behind your back. Super easy to get a secret uh, credit card. Super easy to have a secret uh, checking account. It's all done online these days anyways. And so one of the things that we have to work against is something called financial infidelity, which is a perfect example of what I just gave with secret credit cards, checking accounts, or Or on the other side, hoarding money. I mean, that's financial infidelity too. So what couples really need to start working on is not necessarily checking off everybody's box and what should be right on one side. Should you have a retirement plan? Absolutely. Should you be in debt? Absolutely not. Should you work to pay your house off? Of course, we're all in that same boat. But how you get there, you have to do together. And there has to be a super, uh, very fine line in the sand about, hey, we are going to compromise on this thing or you're just going to push your significant other into financial infidelity and you're going to be fighting all the time.
3: Right. Right. So there's a lot of when money comes, you know, we come into our relationship with a lot of shoulds. You should do this. You shouldn't do that. You should. And that's where if you are doing that inside your relationship, that's where you've got to uh, be very self-aware and be like, you know what? I am driving my spouse away because of all of the shoulds. And instead of in a a kind way, knowing who they are, knowing who you are, knowing what's real in terms of your dollars is a, a much healthier way to bring yourself together instead of tearing your relationship apart. Because, you know, we've seen it way too often. People who have the spender or risk taker or flyer component to their money personality combination after a while, they're just not. they They just kind of throw their hands up and don't care anymore. If it's put in a in a if it's positioned in a way of you're a bad person, um, you're wrong, you're terrible. They're they're just not gonna put up with that forever. And and frankly, I, I don't blame them because who wants to live under a parent voice from from their spouse? Nobody. So really, giving you the tools to be able to have open, honest, um, real conversations based on who you are, not based on what's right or wrong, but based on the facts. The facts are what your many personalities are and what the numbers are. Just as again, is going to bring you together instead of tear you apart.
0: These are such important distinctions. in and- it's important to respect your partner's money personality. Like you gave the example of the millionaire. Like if the, if, if someone, the money's not an issue, plenty of money in the bank, but they have issues with, f- let's say what they deem frivolous spending coffee a day. There could be some deep seated psychological things there that maybe they grew up poor and you just didn't do that. And if, They need to understand their own money personality. And then the partner needs to respect that. You come together and you communicate and you say, I understand that you don't want me getting the coffee. How can we compromise on this? And because it's sometimes it is about the money, like. Like you said, there's the two things like you need to have the planning and then your relationship with the money. And that's why the planning is so important because you can put them in two separate categories. And I'm speaking from our Sarah and I's personal experience that that has been so valuable that when you could do the budget and you put a budget out and we have all the planning and then it doesn't become – hey, Sarah, I don't think you should get your nails done so many times because I don't want you to and you feel like I'm parenting you. It, it becomes, hey, we need to save this amount of money to pay down our debt. It shows right here in the numbers. How do we get there? And then we can have a conversation around that rather than a blaming or a parenting type conversation. It's just so much more productive.
1: Before we continue on, we're going to take a short break to tell you about our sponsors. Today's episode is sponsored by our course, Spark My Relationship.
0: We started I Do Podcast to get information to improve our own relationship. We thought at the very least we'll be able to do that and then to share it with our listeners. The guests are great and we've gotten a ton of valuable information, but we found that if we don't actually deliberately take the time to implement the strategies and tools that our guests give us, we weren't seeing the real lasting benefits that we desired in our relationship. And that's why we created the Spark My Relationship course. We've collaborated with 15 psychologists and therapists to create a comprehensive relationship course that not only teaches you the skills needed to create a successful and lasting relationship, but the tools to execute it.
1: By enrolling in the online course, you'll have access to the same strategies and tools that marriage therapists teach their clients, including therapists taught video lessons with workbooks and exercises to help you work towards accomplishing your relationship goals in less than 90 days. You'll also learn how to detox unhelpful relationship habits and learn healthy ways to interact. You'll learn how to disagree respectfully and communicate mindfully, as well as how to improve intimacy and reignite your sex life and so much more. Spark My Relationship isn't just a course for struggling couples. It's a course for couples who want to see their relationship flourish. If this is you, then you are a perfect fit for the course. So for a special offer for our ID podcast listeners, head over to sparkmyrelationship.com forward slash unlock. Again, for 30% off the course, plus special bonuses just for ID podcast listeners, visit sparkmyrelationship.com slash unlock.
3: Absolutely. You
2: know, Beth and I talk a lot about compromise with purpose. And what compromising with purpose is a little different than just compromising is that you're compromising using your money personalities, which is really keeping the, the other person in the relationship, keeping their best interest in mind, too. And so what we what we so often find is that couples will just totally focus on the financial side of life. Um, let's take credit card debt, for an example. And they just hammer it and hammer it. And so for three years, one person, the relationship has gotten them out of debt. Congratulations. You can scream, I'm debt free. You can do whatever you want to do. But then what happens is you haven't taken your significant other on a real date. You haven't spent any quality time on a vacation. You haven't done any of those things. And you've drifted apart as we're compromising with purpose. Instead of three years of getting out of debt, maybe it takes five. But you keep the relationship first, you keep your your significant other first, and you're making sure if you have kids that there's also an enjoyable family experience there too. That's compromising with purpose as compared to one person saying, you know we have to get out of debt. We're going to take three years to do it. Pretty much life's going to be miserable, but then once we get out of debt, we can spend. And then what happens they get out of debt and the other person said, the same person says, "Well, we can't spend because I don't want to go back in debt." And so what happens is, couples just drift apart. That's why 70% of all divorces cite money as their number one reason for the breakup because one person is never really is driving it and the other person is not happy and you just drift apart. And so one of the things that we talk about in compromising with purpose is maybe you don't have the perfect timeline. Maybe you don't have the perfect cash flow spreadsheet. Maybe you don't have the perfect budget, but you can work on having a better, if not a perfect relationship. And the only way to get there, especially with your money, is compromising with purpose.
0: I love that. And we actually had a similar thing when we went through the budget, we were trying to pay down some student loans and credit card debt. And we we did the timeline, you know, pay this and this amount of months. And we were gonna have to eliminate going out to eat occasionally and, and the date stuff. And it's like I don't think it's irresponsible. Obviously you gotta be making sure it's done in a somewhat responsible way. But yeah, it's like at what expense, like, Mm. and I'm not in the money sense at what expense to the relationship. If you're never going on a date and you could be creative, like you don't need to spend a hundred dollars when you go out to eat or, you know, just, but do it, like you said, you' say much better than I am, but compromising with purpose is uh is such an important thing and don't make it about control and 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 all right. of these things that so often it can it can lead to
3: right when when the control starts because one person is so um anxious about any debt or anything like that, oftentimes that control creeps in, and again. The the ramifications of that is the person will just drift away, drift away emotionally, drift away physically, because, again, no one wants to be controlled. But the person who is more of the spender, risk taker, flyer kind of person, they also have to step up. I mean, they've got whatever you agreed to, that you've got to stick to it. If you don't, that's just as hurtful as the other person being controlling. So both sides have a, have a job to do. But if you both do it and you both see that you're doing it, that makes the love alive even more.
2: We, we kind of had an interesting situation uh, fairly recently with a couple that we were coaching. And basically what happened was he found a credit card that had about $13,000 on it that his wife had that he didn't know about. And so he lot was fit to be tied, to say the very least. And so what ended up happening was, I said, "Okay, do me a favor, and when you meet with Bethany and I, please bring in the credit card statement. I just go online, print it off. I want to see where the money's getting spent, how it's getting spent, because I knew in the the first two coaching sessions that we've had them, he was a little bit of a control freak. And so I sat down, and I actually had him get into me before the meeting, and I went through, and I had highlighted some of the expenditures, almost all the expenditures with a question mark for her. And so I said to her, I said, so what was this purchase for? And she's like, well, that was back to school. That was for the reason that was at Walmart was because we were buying all the kids school goods. Okay. Well, what, what's this one from target? Well, that was their clothes. And we went through all of, we went through a basically six months of spending and the spending was for the stuff that should have been in the budget. Anyways. It wasn't like she was hitting the Nordstrom's rack, going crazy on the weekends. She was basically keeping the family moving forward. But what was happening was he was keeping the family moving forward in his way of saving money. They had tons of money in savings, but he wasn't letting her spend the money that was a necessity for the family. So I turned to him, and I was just really blunt, and I said, if you keep this up, she is going to divorce you in less than three years. I can just see it. She's already halfway done with you. She's going to be 100% done with you. And guess what? I'm not going to blame her when she does divorce you. And so what I said was this credit card isn't her fault. This credit card is your fault. And so it was an example. It's a little bit of an extreme example. But we see this with couples all the time where she was just so tired of fighting. She just said, forget it. I'm just going to get my own credit card and and spend this money. And so what I told him was the average divorce is $75,000. She needs $20,000 in the budget to be able to take care of the family in the way that she needs to take care of the family. And you need to give her a little extra money to actually spend on herself. And so that that's the compromising with purpose. Now, he was a little mad after that meeting. And so we haven't had our follow-up coaching conversation with him yet. <laughs> but um, I have no doubt in my mind that they'll be divorced in the next couple of years if he doesn't loosen up a lot.
1: What would you have told her and him to to talk about it it, from the beginning, so that it would have never come to this—the uh, money infidelity. Yeah, the card. secret credit card sure. to begin with. Sure. Well, we love to talk to
3: either newlyweds or people who are seriously dating because the best way to do it is just to start from the very beginning, identifying what your four money personalities are in your relationship, and from the very beginning, making sure that. Each and every one of those money personalities is satisfied in each situation. So let's take vacations, for example. So how in your relation, in our relationship, we have three because we're both primary spenders. I'm a secondary risk taker and Scott's a secondary security seeker. So we have three. So when we look at vacations, we make sure that all three of those are taken care of. Spender, we're not afraid to spend money and do something really nice risk taker we have to do something different every other year and security seeker Scott he wants to do the same thing every other year so that's how we have satisfied all three of our money personalities when it comes to vacations so in their situation they really need to a identify all four their money personalities and b say how are we going to use these money personalities to be satisfied each month with the budget So in their case, they have to take that B word, the budget, and they've got to satisfy all four of the money personalities inside of their relationship. They'd be so much better off, so much better off because she, as a spender risk taker, would be able to be satisfied. And him as a saver security seeker would be able to be satisfied. One of the things that. And those kind of extreme money personality differences, we often suggest that we, you do a needs analysis. So you talk about what you need each month. A, a person who is a spender has to talk about in their mind what they need each month. A, a saver is just hardly going to want to think about that. So it's those kind of compromises. And we talk about this quite a bit inside of our um, kit. We have a love and money kit. Um, It's a whole system to be able to talk through money. And then we also have our book that includes our book, The Five Money Personalities. So, again, using them to be able to satisfy you both. It's a lot easier for me to say to Scott, "Hun, that's your security seeker talking. Then, you idiot, why do you have to have a plan all the time? You know, I mean, it's just there's just two ways of saying something and a way that can bring you together or a way that can tear you apart.
0: It's so much more productive to do it in the way that's going to bring you together and getting these tools and the knowledge. And we'll be sure to link to the uh, money personality test so that if you don't already know that, you know it and you know your partners and you communicate around it. And I want to highlight, we've talked about it a couple of times, but like with the needs analysis and then with checking back in on the budget, obviously budgets change, our income changes, our expenses change that, at least, uh, it seems like you're going to want to do that on a monthly basis, as with the budget. And then the needs analysis—like our needs change—and and it'd be like, man, we we have really cut back on going out to eat, and I was okay with it at first, but uh, I think we let's find a way to fit it into our budget let's go back over it because those things are going to change we're not static and uh and sarah and i are due for one i've been i I told her last week i was like hey we need to we need to do the
1: big b (laughs) dig
0: dig into the budget um in, in a good way our our You know, I'm I'm working more. I'm busier than ever, and so we have more income. It doesn't mean that I want to spend more because I'm the saver. It's more that like, okay, where are we at? Like, uh, let's see how we're doing. So maybe I don't have to feel as negative when when Sarah wants to inevitably spend money. Maybe (laughs) I I didn't mean to. I didn't mean to say that as a dig, but she's the spender, and and I'm the saver.
3: Right. Absolutely.
2: We talk about something um, called the money huddle, and what the money huddle is, it's a monthly meeting, and it's very organized. It's very specific. We break it down into three different parts over an hour or 45 minutes to an hour, kind of depends on on the couple. But it's so great because you're absolutely right. If you can strategically meet on a monthly basis and talk about money. And like I said, I won't go into it in detail because that's a whole nother hour, but um, it's super easy, especially when you get in the rhythm of these money huddles to really sit down. What you're going to find is you fight about money less and you talk about money less. Because I know for me, if I need to tell Bethany something, I'll be like, you know what? Our money huddle is in two weeks. I'm just going to put that on the sideline for right now and bring that up. So we both show up to our money huddle on a monthly basis and we've been doing ours for 10 years. And we both show up for these money huddles, and then what we do is it just puts us in the position to say, you know, hey, this is what we talked about last month. Let's, let's look at what's changed or what hasn't changed or what we need to think about, blah, 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 um, this next month. And I know for us, you know, we've got a junior that's becoming a senior in about uh, three months, and I've got a freshman that's becoming a sophomore, and we're looking at colleges. And for me as a security seeker, it's a little overwhelming. Um, but when I get overwhelmed, I tend to get a little bit short savers and security seekers. When you stress us out financially, we lose our nice guy and we become big, no people. And so part of what the money huddle does, it allows you never to go into that negative, uh, that negative space and that negative talk because you know, okay, what Beth just said, or Beth just did kind of freaked me out a little bit. I'm just going to write down that. We're going to talk about that in our money huddle. When we're relaxed, we like doing our money huddle with a nice bottle of Pinot Noir, but that's just us. Do whatever works for you. Um, But those those monthly money meetings, what we call a money huddle, as long as they're organized and you both walk in with expectations, they're awesome.
0: That is a great tool. And a great point that I want to highlight is that if you have this money huddle, you can delay that in the moment thing that you want to say because- We're just wrapped up in our emotions and a lot of times that's leading to an argument. Instead, you make a note of it and it doesn't – you don't have to compromise your values, but it's like we're going to discuss this in the money huddle and then you bring it up in a productive way.
3: Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, And that's why when Scott said you end up talking about money less because – I mean we know a lot of couples who they have some kind of argument, some kind of tension around money every single day. And it just, it gets, that's every day. I mean, that's just gets so old. But but this one couple that I'm thinking of, they change to their money huddle once a month. And, oh, it's just like, it, it gives the person who's really anxious about it, just like you said, you know, just a place to, you know, just table it. And then you, but you know, it's not going away. It's just it's table. But you know when you are going to talk about it. So it gives you a little bit of relief.
0: And, it gives you time. It's one thing. I like to resolve arguments and Sarah likes to kind of table them. It's just our communication styles. But I get into trouble because I want Sarah to, I've communicated a way that I want her to change. And then it might, or that's, that's kind of a blunt way to say it, but we've communicated you know, about some changes we're going to make. And then I got to sometimes be patient. And so if we're talking about money and we we have our our huddle and then a week later I'm like, "Hey, you're not living up to your end of the bargain." It's like, "Wait, wait, wait. like let's let a little time pass before we're at each other's necks of of what we haven't changed yet or the way things right. are going."
3: Right.
2: Well, I think that's so true with money too because I know sometimes I'll just use one of my sons as an example. You when you when you get really mad at your kid, you, in the moment, you know, you say something or you, what I, I tend to do is over-discipline a little bit. And then the next morning when I wake I'm up... An
3: oxymoron, over-discipline yeah, I, a little yeah, bit. It's, <laughs> yeah,
2: it's a lot of... Well, yeah, we so got over we'll a lot of it. Um, and so then I have to go back the next day and go, okay, you know, dad was mad. I might have overreacted. Let's kind of work through this situation again. And I think that's true with money too, because money fights are so intense and we tend to be a little bit more emotional and sensitive when it comes to money. Every once in a while, it's okay, even if you're mad, to just table it. Because you wake up the next day and go, you know what? Was that really that big a deal? Was that more me being in a bad mood? Was that me passing on the cup of coffee because it wasn't the right thing for our budget, but then she bought one? You know, there's just all those things that happen. You wake up the next morning, and you go, well, I should have just gotten my own cup of coffee and not worried about her. You know what I mean? So it's, it's really it's, it's important, especially when it comes to money. I call it the stop, drop and roll. Remember like in second grade, they told yeah. you if you caught on fire, <laughs> you stop, drop, and roll, which yep. is just the most random thing because I don't know a lot of people that spontaneously combust. But anyways, um, the reality is, it's the same true with fighting about money. Every once in a while, you just need to stop your own thought process. You need to drop it and you need to roll out of the room and, and cool your heels. And so the same is really true with money because sometimes a day makes all the difference in the world
0: it is a great tool uh, with money and in the relationship uh, other relationship issues because we are not always the most mindful when, when we're in the heat of the moment, you know, and, and there's nothing wrong with taking some time away, process your thoughts as a parent. Like you said, that is, uh, something we have a three year old. So more and more we're having to practice that when she's driving us crazy. Oh, and we, totally. we're not quite disciplining her. I mean, we're disciplining her, but she's not getting grounded. She is three, but soon, soon, <laughs> soon that's going to be happening. So we'll have to, I'm sure be taking some time to to process things and and uh, and then teach her these great tools so that she yes! can she yeah. can relate to money from the get go in in a in a good way and then know how to communicate. So piggy bank is definitely in the cards coming yeah. coming soon. Yes,
2: there's a great thing called a moon jar, and it is the best money teaching tool for little people. And we got our moon jars for our kids when they were four. And my 17-year-old and my 15-year-old still use their moon jars.
3: But here's the thing. There's three parts to it. There's that save uh, for you, Chase. Yes. There's that spend for you, Sarah. <laughs> and then there's the gift, um, which is giving to um, your church or charity and teaching your children the importance of all three. Because you may be surprised. You may have a daughter who's the totally on the saver side, and she has a hard time. She may have a hard time letting go of her money, and she may not be the most generous person in the world. So teaching your children all three of the components uh, to money at an early age is huge. Um, Maybe we'll come on sometime and and talk about our other book, which is the five money conversations to have with your kids at every age and stage. Super important. Um, But if you are starting it off and doing things well and right in your relationship and modeling a good money relationship, frankly, that's one of the greatest gifts you can give your child.
0: Absolutely. We're definitely curious to to implement that and is that a moon like like uh the moon jar it's called
3: moon jar yeah, yeah N of, okay. all, all
2: N, moon jar
3: moon jar
0: what why, why is it why is it called a moon jar do you know i have no idea i don't know better no, than Honestly,
2: legal in colorado so he was probably on some wacky weed when he like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah we, uh,
0: should, on, we should
3: find out we should get a we should get a kickback on <laughs> his moon jars so right. we we've <laughs> sold
0: hundreds of those like things for this jar. guy yeah well, oh it's an actual jar
3: yeah, no, it's yeah. an actual jar. It's, it's got three components oh. to it. And it's, it goes all together and there's a save part. So, so like, let's say if you give your kid three dimes every week. All right. So that's going to be there. I don't really like the word allowance um, in the sense of getting paid to do things that you should be doing, just being part of a family. But one of the things that we did starting at a young age, even at the age of three, believe it or not. Yeah, we started when they were three. Yeah, we started when they were three. We would give them three dimes a week. And all they would do is they would go up into their moon jar and they would put one diamond save, one diamond spend and one diamond give. And what we were doing is training their their muscles, their money muscles into how to divvy up your money um, at a very young age. And then as they got older, it changed to three quarters and then it went to three dollars. And so they were always learning that. And, you know, to this day, our our son, Cole, has a job at uh, Chick-fil-A. And he still, he talks about what amount is he going to put and give? What amount is he going to put and spend? And what amount is he going to um, put and save? And so we just train at a very young age how important these three categories are.
2: And neither of our sons are savers. Yeah. Neither but with that said, both our sons bought their own first cars. Wow.
3: Because they learned how to do that. And so, yeah, we, we could go on and on about all the things that you can do at young ages. Uh, with kids to really set that foundation.
2: But, you know, to kind of take us back to the topic that we started with, with couples and fighting, one of the things that we found is that kids that grow up in families where their mom and dad fight in front of them about money all the time, do not talk about money when they get married or into serious relationships because they're scared to death of the topic because they don't want to fight about it. And so
3: if as as couples raising these kids, not that your kids aren't
2: going to see you fight, I mean, that's, there's, that's basically impossible. I think fighting in front of them in a, in a, in a um, productive way instead of yelling and screaming and swearing, I don't think that does anything to teach them anything. But disagreements are gonna happen if your family's for real. Um, dinner table conversations that turn nasty are gonna happen if you're having real conversations. But fighting about money in front of kids can really be toxic for them when they're older because they're scared to death to talk with their spouse or their significant other. So they're just going to lie or or not talk about it at all. And so one of the things that we encourage parents to do especially is it's okay to have tense moments when it comes to money. Just process that with the kids later and never let it turn into a a full-blown fight like Bethany described earlier over a Coke um, at a restaurant because there's a big, huge chance that that little girl now is going to be scared to death, first of all, to really talk about what her needs are financially in a relationship. And she's probably going to want to keep her money pretty separate because she doesn't want to lose control of it.
0: We love this. I'm excited to institute the moon jar. We'll have to make our own down here in Costa Rica. Yeah, but make
3: your own. You it, can. Yeah, things. totally. Make little boxes and yes. title them Save, Spend, and Give.
0: Yeah, it is so important as parents to realize how we're talking about money in front of our daughter and setting a good example. And you've given us and our listeners, a lot of great stuff here today. Why don't we finish up by having you tell us where we can find you online and we'll talk about our special uh, course edition as well. Sarah, we'll, we'll tell our listeners about that and then we'll say goodbye.
3: Sounds great. The best place to find us is at, uh, on our website at themoneycouple.com. And start by taking the free money personality assessment that will identify both your primary and secondary. Please also join us through all the social services of Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Pinterest. We, we love having engagement that way as we uh, do a Facebook Live every week as well. So we would just love to have your listeners join in with us as we really look at helping bring love and money together.
1: Excellent. And, and like Chase mentioned, uh, we're going to be working together to offer a special little bonus course through our course, Spark My Relationship With You Guys. And so could you could you give a little bit about what that course is just to kind of fill our listeners in? Absolutely. It's called Mastering Money Talk In Your Marriage. And
3: what it does is it takes the five money personalities or the four money personalities inside of your relationship and teaches you how to use what we call your power words to be able to help bring you closer together instead of tearing you apart when it comes to money. And it's super easy, fun. It's a five course, five module course, and it takes about an hour to go through. It's fun and complete with follow along guides. And we know it's just going to revolutionize the way that People and couples talk about money, so we're excited to be able to offer this course inside of yours, and uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be awesome. One thing that I'll tell people too is that in order to get to the assessment, you do go to themoneycouple.com, and but instructions on how to do that and how to get your money personalities and all that is inside of the course
1: as well. Absolutely, yes. So we're going to have all that information once they sign up. There'll be a uh, lesson uh, specifically on mastering money talk in your marriage and that's where they'll have the link to your website with the special code. And this offer will not last forever. It will only be for a certain period of days and I know this episode will be live forever so you'll have to check to see if it's available on the day that you listen. But we encourage our listeners to check out the course Spark My Relationship dot com forward slash unlock that's where our listeners for id podcast can get the special offer and scott and bethany thank you so much for joining us back on the show we love having you guys on and we really appreciate all the information you've given us
2: it was great to be with y'all great to be with you
1: Hi, guys, we hope you enjoyed today's episode. As always, all the links are in the show notes page, as well as on the podcast description. And while you're on our website, we encourage you guys to check out our 14-day happy couple challenge. We send you an email for 14 days with simple, doable challenges to help strengthen and improve your relationship. And on our website, we also have a bunch of free resources for your relationship. So we encourage you to check those out. Uh, we also have our Love Tribe on Facebook. Uh, we encourage you guys to join the tribe and uh, be there for support for each other. If you have questions or just need some relationship advice, slash unlock and you can unlock that special offer and learn more. As always, thank you guys so much and we'll see you next week.